Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about avoidant husbands. This is much more common than avoidant wives, which is why I made an avoidant wives podcast first, because um, the majority of my blog and uh, most psychologist stuff deals with the situation that's more common of when the male is the more avoidant attachment partner. Um, But I got a request, and I am nothing if not helpful, so I will discuss avoidant husbands in this podcast. As soon as I talk to you about subscribing, the most recent ones are female sexual arousal and female sexual dysfunction. So two sides of that coin uh, are all, though all that info is just waiting for you to click on subscribe, and then you get that, as well as over 70 other subscriber-only podcasts, which will illuminate the dark corners of the uh, female and male psyche for you for the low, low price of, um, I forget what it is, $5.99 a month, which is um, like 1% of what it would be like to work with me. So you should really get on that, <laughs> particularly if you can't uh, work with me, right? I mean, like not everybody can be my client, so at least you can get access to all the stuff that I have. All right, anyhow, and also join my Facebook group because that's where a lot of people interact. I interact in there, so um, that can be very useful as well. That's a private subscriber-only Facebook group that is separate from the podcast. If you go into the Facebook group, you do not get the podcast for free. I cannot link Spotify and Facebook, nor would I want to because those are two separate um, things, you know? So you could choose one or both, or people who do both get a lot of information. Anyway, so what's an avoidant husband? Well, I mean, like literally every book in the self-help aisle at Barnes and Nobles, if there is even still Barnes and Nobles or a self-help aisle or anything that is an Amazon, is about emotionally unavailable men. Why is avoidant attachment, which you should go back and refer to my attachment styles podcast to know how does avoidant attachment start? And then there's the avoidant wives podcast, which can help you see how this manifests in women. But in men, it's the emotionally unavailable guy. It's Mr. Independent, Mr. Perfect from my Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife podcast. The pathologically independent guy that needs nobody for anything and just keeps on chugging along, doesn't understand why his wife is acting all crazy, you know, wanting to talk about feelings all the time. What's that drama about? Why she always making problems and this guy thinks about relationships as smothering and difficult and why because he grew up in a home where relationships were smothering and difficult and or you know so so either he saw I mean it's usually both so likely he saw one parent be avoidant in the relationship the distancer the one who always kind of wants to get away from the other partner and also how are men like this created I go into depth on the attachment style podcast but if you're always told to go play and go be independent well you listen you know I mean if you're in a home where emotions and comfort and closeness are not prioritized and rather uh, the emphasis on independence go play go do your own thing 
well, you listen. I mean, you know, like you learn the culture of your home. And then later on, subconsciously, that is the only way that you know how to act. So people who have an avoidant attachment style really do not like closeness. They find it to be frightening and irritating and and intrusive. So it's too much. It always feels like the partner, and they pick preoccupied attachment partners, uh, so so it's it's true because confirmation bias, if you think relationships are going to be real smothering, then you find somebody who's going to be smothering. Like that's just what makes sense to you in the world. That's what's familiar. That's what makes you think of the relationship you saw growing up. And if, if you deny that people are subconsciously drawn to what they grew up with, I mean, think about your own kids. Like if every day you told your kid, uh, go play, go, go do your own thing, go be independent. The most important thing is be independent, you know, in your words, your actions, your implicit and explicit directives, would you not think that would impact them? I mean, how not, right? So then why would you say that it wouldn't impact you? I mean, it does. The way that animals are trained makes a difference. This is, should be, this by this point in this podcast should be a given that childhood impacts adulthood, you know? can be moderated by self-reflection, therapy, uh, healing relationships, which I'll get to. But yes, of course, the way you're raised impacts how you think about the world as an adult, like no shit. And I mean, it, it, it can be a big aha moment for people, particularly avoidant people who are trained to think otherwise. I am my own man. Everything I do is a choice. I am a rational actor. Really? How about your kids? Are they rational actors? You know, I mean, if they observed a lot of marital conflict, do you think they wouldn't just go replicate it? Of course they would, you know, so then like, wouldn't you? So anyway, that's just like an aside. <laughs> but sometimes people are still like, yeah, I really understand what you're saying, but that doesn't apply to me because I personally have zero linkages between what I saw growing up and who I chose to be as a man. And it's like, man, you know how much your money we're going to be wasting in therapy proving that shit to you? Like, let's just fast forward six months <laughs> until you're like, oh, wow, you mean like if you abuse a kid, it impacts them as an adult. Okay, so it doesn't have to be abusive. It can just be like the culture of my home that impacts me as an adult. Oh, like, yes, no kidding. All right, let's move on and see how and how to get out of those patterns that I was trained in so assiduously, albeit subconsciously and unintentionally by my parents. Okay, so like, think about that. (laughs) If you rail against this idea of there being any continuity between your childhood and your adulthood, think about how much you you disagree. Like if I were to say, yeah, you know, if if your wife smacks your kid, it's going to have no impact on them. You'd be like, what are you talking about? She's not going to smack my kid. If she smacks my kid, then he's going to grow up and like get into some kind of relationship with some woman that treats him like shit. I'll be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, no shit. Of course, I agree. But uh, what I'm saying is that all also happened to you. Not the exact thing you hear. Not the exact thing. Not the smacking, probably. But another thing, like a mother that always turns away and says, go play, go play. I'm busy. I'm busy. So what are you going to learn? Don't go to people for comfort then what are you going to do? You're going to get into a relationship that's not comfortable. It may be a woman that acts totally different than your mom did, or maybe a woman that's always up your ass to hang out and stuff, but either way, it's not comfortable, not safe, not a place where I can rely on someone. 
So anyway, so the avoidant attachment man is the guy who values hobbies, he values his friends, he values work, really values work, he values anything that makes him feel independent and liberated and unconstrained by the demands of another person. You can see how this would not appeal to securely attached women who want more interdependence, and it would not appeal to other avoidant attachment women because then there's like nobody is the one who kind of starts the relationship because they just both don't give a shit, you know? So who is left? The preoccupied attachment woman, the pursuer, the one who finally gets this guy to open up, settle down, be close, etc. But she does it every day as an uphill battle. And the only sort of woman that's going to get involved in that is a woman who deals with her own insecurity issues, who herself was raised to think that relationships are not good and trustworthy and uh, affirming and reassuring. But someplace where you're always begging for somebody to love you. So that's how these relationships go. The woman follows the man around basically without saying these words, sometimes with saying these words, saying, love me, love me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. And the more that she does that, the more the man pulls away and says, I got to go to work. I don't know what this shit is. You know, calm down. You're acting crazy. We're fine. Everything's good. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And that's like really the hallmark of the relationship is he's always saying he's got to go either physically or emotionally. I got to go to work. I got to go do this. I have this commitment. I have this commitment. You know, it's good for us to spend time apart, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not saying that it's not, that people don't have to go to work. Of course they do. Of course they uh, can hang out with friends and pursue hobbies. But it's the tone that the emotionally avoidant man says this in that makes the woman so upset. It's not, oh, sweetheart, I got to go now, but I'm going to miss you. I love you. I'll see you soon. And if you really needed me to stay ever, I would. Even just that, when I help couples to say something like that in couples counseling, like the woman like never asks him to do it unless she's like about to die, you know, like, like I'll say to men, like, and men will be like, no, you don't understand. If I told my wife that if she really needed me, I would be there, then she would never let me out of her sight, never let me out of the house and I would lose my job. I'm like, are you crazy? Like literally, like think about what you're saying. You got small kids. You think she wants you to be unemployed? Like, what are you really saying? Where's it coming from? Where's this fear coming from that if you give over trust to anybody, they are going to exploit you and they don't have your best interests at heart. They're going to make terrible decisions. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that that those patterns would be established early in life. So in this case, the guy was disappointed early on by caregivers and attachment figures in an emotional way. And now he, he thinks that if he gives his wife an in, she's going to like use it and like exploit him. Whereas the, the guys that actually can bring themselves to say, okay, I want a different kind of relationship. Looks like my wife's honestly so upset all the time. She's going to leave me. I've gotten to the place that I'll try this crazy couples counseling. What are you telling me to say? All right, fine. I do mean it. If, 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 you, would, if you really ever did need me, I would be there. If you really needed me, and if you say I really need you, I will come home. The guys who say that, the woman is like, it's like a game changer, you know, because she's like, really? You would? Really? You would? Or you're saying that because she told you to. And the ones that are saying it because they had a different way that they thought about it, that they're really willing to try a different way of interacting, they've thought about it. They're like, well, shit, I mean, it's my wife. I probably would have done that anyway. You know, come home if she really needed me to. All I'm doing is verbalizing it. So maybe I'll take a risk and verbalize it. So they say, yeah, I would. If you really needed me, I would come home from work. 
that can be transformational in, in an insecurely attached relationship of the type that I'm describing because the woman finally gets to feel important, like that she would be a priority if she really needed him. And this is what the preoccupied attachment partner, the wife, is wanting all the time from the avoidant guy, just this proof, this validation that she's important in some way because she never felt like that as a kid growing up. And so she is too clingy and he is too pathologically independent. But when they both learn to be more in the middle, then this kind of couple can really improve and grow and and develop this more mature adult kind of relationship versus two children just trying to like grab, you know, like like their own, like like get something from the other one, you know, with the preoccupied attachment wife trying to grab like closeness and security at all costs and the guy trying to push away and grab his independence at all costs. So that's, uh, this is a really common, common, common type of interaction. And males are more avoidant than females because of, you know, the gender roles, you know, men are supposed to quote unquote, be more independent. And so mothers will, in fact, say, go play, go do your own thing more to little boys than to little girls. And so you end up having That's not good or anything, but like that's what happens. And so that goes along with a natural tendency that boys have to be more sensation seeking and to explore more and to do more things that the parent often feels like they can't control. They have higher rates of ADHD, things like that. So at that point, sometimes the parent throws up their hands, you know. Usually these parents are uncomfortable with uh, emotional closeness, but also the natural temperament of a boy, if he's this like wild sensation seeking kid, they're going to be like, well, shit, I can't control him for shit. I mean, I guess he just has to go do his own thing. And so that makes the boy then feel like, yeah, like don't constrain me, (laughs) you know, And, and they don't learn really how to interact lovingly and interdependently with another person. So there's a lot of issues, both parental issues and, and environmental issues and temperamental issues that lead to a boy, a boys in general, males in general, having more avoidant attachment, which these things, again, include both the upbringing, and I go into that more in the Attachment Styles podcast, but also a natural temperament where it's like kind of nobody can rein the person in So the, from a very young age. So they just kind of get to do what they want, and then they get into that, you know? They're like, ha ha, I am free, you know, <laughs> like I, I, nobody can, can hold me back. And then when a woman tries to, they get very angry. You know, and this is particularly true within the later stages of monogamy. While in the honeymoon stage, an avoidant man can be more romantic, and I have that in a post, the emotionally avoidant partner after the honeymoon stage, where did Mr. Romantic go? You know, so it's very equivalent to how women will stop having sex as much after the honeymoon stage. Well, avoidant partners, they're going to stop being romantic and close. So the same guy that wanted when his hormones, new relationship energy is pumping, wanted to be close... Well, when he goes back to his natural attachment style later after the honeymoon stage, he don't want to be close. He wants to go play golf, you know, and he doesn't want you to say shit about it because he worked all week, goddammit. And so, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a type of couple that is the most ubiquitous one in couples counseling. The woman as the pursuer and the male as the distancer. And um, if this resonates with you, couples counseling can really help. <laughs>
And, uh, but just listen to what I'm saying when I did my little uh, tangent. It wasn't really a tangent. If you are somebody that does not see a continuity between your early life experiences and your later experiences within your intimate relationship, work on that first. <laughs> save yourself. Save, save yourself. Save your time and money. Because if any couple's counselor worth their salt is going to go into the origin of how you became how you are. You know, if you're just talking about, oh, let's learn some I statements, man, like, you know how many people I see that learn their I statements and still need to come in for couples counseling to somebody who goes a little deeper? All, literally all. At this stage of my career, almost every couple that I work with has seen multiple couples counselors where they skated along the surface and then they need to do something deeper. So you need to know that there's an impact of how you and your partner were raised and be willing to discuss that in order to make couples counseling actually useful and productive. So that's just my PSA uh, for anybody listening. All right. Hopefully this was useful. Hopefully this gave a um, overview of what an avoidant attachment man looks like. Also go to the avoidant wives one if that's more more relevant and also the attachment styles podcast. Uh, okay. And uh, follow me on TikTok. I am so trendy. Talk to y'all soon.